0: Welcome, everybody, to the Farzy Show. My name is Mark Farzad. A little program we do called the Farzy Show presented by Steven Singer. Steven Singer, There's So much to get into today when it comes to the Phillies starting their playoff series tomorrow. And that just feels good to say the Phillies playoff series starts tomorrow haven't said it in 11 years damn it feels good just passing through the lips just ah poetry uh we got the 76ers to talk about because Tyrese Maxey looks insane he looks insanely good and I feel like of all the things that we get excited about when it comes to preseason or exhibition or uh, training camp whatever it might be I feel like basketball is the one that you kind of go like well they're not trying to lose (laughs) like they're trying to go out there and, and, and and win I mean, you look at uh, Montez Harrell last night, for instance, and he goes out there and gets a game-winning shot, essentially, and he's all, ah, screaming like it's a game-winning shot at Game 7 in the NBA Finals, which you want. You want them to have that kind of intensity. You love to see that kind of stuff. But watching Tyrese Maxey last night, the first two preseason games watching Tyrese Baxley have just been an utter joy and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second we got some Eagles news going on here I will say conflicting reports maybe I mean I'll say this Jeff McClain of the Inquirer put out uh, a little how did he phrase it the the gut feeling the, the his senses what they were uh, telling him how it feels that certain guys will play and certain guys won't play the likelihood of them playing in this game against the Cardinals coming up here on Sunday afternoon uh, it basically said Jordan Mailata is a little bit of a stretch a little bit of a stretch might not be playing might not be playing and then Jason Kelsey addressed the media after Jeff McLean had uh tweeted that out and Jason Kelsey said you no know, we got some we got some good news we got some good news on Jordan Mailata maybe just maybe we're going to see him play on Sunday, which would obviously be a great thing. So let's hope that that actually happens. Uh, so there's some com- maybe conflicting reports. That maybe Jason Kelsey updated the story, I guess, moved the story, advanced the story to the point where maybe we could be optimistic that Jordan Marlotta will actually play. The other thing that uh, happened in yesterday's press conference, many press conferences that took place on the typical uh, Wednesday afternoon, Jalen Hurts addressed the media. And I, I think there are certain things like people talk about, when a team is doing well, are they reading too many of their press clippings? When a team is doing well, are they trying to start to smell themselves a little bit? Are they going to get overconfident? Are they going to overlook a team like the uh, Arizona Cardinals? And I go back to every time that gets brought up now, because you know being four and0, oh, it's been brought up once or twice now already. Every time it gets brought up, I think to myself, I think this team practices what they preach. They don't just say what sounds good in front of a microphone. They actually believe they, instead of just making up something on the spot, they're reporting to you what they've already done. And I go back to Jason Kelsey, what he had to say before the season about all the hype about being comfortable about taking that and throwing that out the window and saying that's not what we're about. Even if we do start playing up to the potential that the paper says we can, and that the talking heads say we can play at, even if that does happen, when we when we watch the film, we gotta watch it as if we lost. We gotta be that hypercritical about every little detail. So what happens? They win game one against the Lions, and then the the first press conference, the first opportunity Jonathan Gannon has to talk about the win, he sits down and the first thing he says is, "Yeah, you know that wasn't good enough." It's like, "Well, you won the game. Well, yeah, it still wasn't good enough." That's exactly the mindset. That's exactly the mentality that Jason Kelsey was talking about while he was addressing the media before the season started. You'll hear today from Nick Sirianni uh, from his press conference yesterday where he was asked by Zach Berman of The Athletic, and friend of the show, he was asked about why this team still feels like they have so much to improve upon when they have a 4-0 record. They're literally perfect. And yet he still looks at this team and says, oh, we can be better and that's exactly what you want in your head coach you don't want to i don't ever want to see a head coach nor have i ever seen the head coach come out during a media session and go well uh i was looking for mistakes and we didn't have any so um i guess i'll see you guys next week like that didn't happen and that's not going to (laughs) happen i would love to see it once it would be wildly entertaining to me but whatever uh but yeah there's still plenty of things for this team to improve upon and listening to the head coach talk about it uh i was interested to see what he had to say Hear what he had to say about things this team needs uh, to still improve upon uh we will get into that Phillies series with the uh, cardinals coming up in a second as well as uh, i'll just say it again playoff series uh, playoff baseball starts tomorrow it is weird and i don't want to rain on anybody's parade but i am never one for playoff expansion even though the phillies made the playoffs it is the third wild card. They would not be in the playoffs in any other year in baseball, but this year they're an 87 win team that is now in the playoffs. That just feels dirty to say, however, with that being said, I can't wait for tomorrow. Uh buddy might already texted me. He's like, what are you doing? We're going to a bar. I'm like, I'm in, let's go. Uh, so I'll be uh, in, in a fine bar atmosphere, bar environments, my natural habitat, some might say uh two Oh seven for that start time against the Cardinals. And, Yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing Zach Wheeler handle his business in game one. For those that haven't followed it too closely, the Phillies and Cardinals will play every game of this three-game series in St. Louis. That's the format. You have a division winner with the St. Louis Cardinals going up against the third bottom-seeded wildcard team in the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Zach Wheeler, by the way, has dominated the cardinals this year if you haven't checked in his two starts he's two and oh seven innings in each of those uh games he's gone seven innings uh so he's won both those starts and he has not allowed a run that's pretty special so let's have that go up against this cardinals team and get started off on the right foot nola one start against the cardinals this year it didn't go well so hopefully that doesn't happen but he gets his start but as of right now slated the pitch uh wheeler Nola and then Suarez slated to go in this Phillies Cardinals series round one. I'm excited for it. I know this team is excited for it and I'm really hoping they can take it to another level. They did win their season series against the Cardinals this year, uh, four games to three. So that's, you got that going for you at least. And yes, it is the best possible draw. I didn't want to face the Braves. I didn't want to face the Mets. This is the best possible scenario. Yes. It would have been wildly intense to face the Mets because it's not just it's, it's the division rivalry we all know it was fine but this is the best possible matchup the best chances, obviously for the for the uh, Phillies to be able to advance to the next round of the playoffs and for all the people that are still in the school of i ah, get swept out you're giving a playoff experience whether it be an 87 win third wild card it is still a playoff experience for the likes of Reese Hoskins, for Alec Bohm for Bryson Stodd, and, Br- and Gene Segura and, and JT Realmuto, It's still a playoff experience for those younger guys and some of the older guys that have been waiting a long time, some more than ever, Gene Segura, to be playing in the postseason. So bask in it, enjoy it, whatever happens, learn from it, and then come back next year. But I will say, to put a ball in the conversation here. I got the Phillies winning this series, and I got the Phillies surviving – and advancing to the next round of the playoffs. I feel like this huge weight has been lifted off their shoulders just by making the playoffs. And I hope it's along the same lines of what we had seen in the past. And I've, I've mentioned a bunch of times on this show about how the Phillies got swept out in 07 against the Rockies, And then they came back in the World Series. And they went to the next two World Series. Hopefully this is that taste, Even if it's even if it doesn't go well. Even if they win this first round series, which I'm expecting them to, even if they win. It's all the experience. Come back next year and be ready to, because I don't think this team is poised for a run, but here's what I do know. I know that Zach Wheeler can get hot. I know that Aaron Nola can get hot. I know that this lineup has plenty of bats in it. They don't got an MVP candidate like Paul Goldschmidt, but they they got a pretty good lineup there. Uh, If this lineup comes alive in your arms, Do what they can do when Zach Wheeler does what he has done against this Cardinals lineup, then yes, Phillies are going to be surviving and advancing. And that's why I'm confident to say that they can and will do that in this series. So uh, I'm just bottom line is happy to see playoff baseball, no matter whether it's a third wild card or if the outlook isn't good for the rest of the playoffs after this, even if they do win this series. I'm just happy to have playoff baseball back here in Philadelphia. Uh, I do hope that it is a a huge weight lifted off their shoulders. The fact that they, they did do it. And the fact that they have been in line to do it in early to mid August, and then just totally collapsed. I mean, look at this past September; they were even five hundred in this month of September, and yet somehow magically they still made the playoffs because the bre- the Brewers managed to suck more than the Phillies, which is great. I'll take advantage of it. I'll roll out the red carpet for the postseason. Yes, please and thank you. All right, so I'll get started tomorrow afternoon two oh seven. Where will you be? How are you taking in the ball game? That's what I'd like to know. All right, let's swing it back to the Eagles and the conversation about overlooking an opponent, all right? Uh, rather interesting day. And I watched the Jalen Hurts press conference yesterday. Uh, he talked, a lot of questions were about the Manning cast. Apparently that piqued more people's interest than I thought. I, I watched it, I didn't really get much out of it other than his hoodie, and I mentioned her a sweatshirt, and I mentioned that on the show. But as far as like watching Tom Brady, watching Philip Rivers, I mean, those are all guys that Nick Sirianni has talked about, especially Philip Rivers with his history with uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, he's talked about a whole bunch of guys that he's coached and he's had Jalen Hurts watch the film of. I would hope every quarterback watches Tom Brady considering he's the greatest to ever do it. But I know some people were taken by surprise when Jalen Hurts said that he has watched so much Tom Brady film considering Tom Brady is not exactly a mobile quarterback and Jalen Hurts could buy time in the pocket for. 10 seconds, he can scramble for a 20-yard run, he can throw the ball downfield, which we're learning more and more about this season, which is nice. But uh, it's just not one of those guys that you would just jump out and be like, oh, well, he's a lot like Tom Brady, like because he watches that much film. But that was a question that came up, and he just talked about how, uh, and I like this quote from Jalen Hurts, one of the things he did pick up from watching Tom Brady was how consistency can breed excellence. And that's something you got to take away from watching the best, and that's something Jalen Hurts is trying to practice from from watching a guy like Tom Brady which is pretty nice. But then you also talk about other guys like Philip Rivers who did it for a long time in this league and how Jalen Hurts wants to be one of those guys, and he wants to learn uh how to be more uh, more and more like those guys. And maybe that's one of the things that has helped him progress in the pocket. So we talked about that a little bit. He talked about uh his experience uh on the Manning cast and and there was I was waiting for quite he was asked about Kyler Murray. And both being Texas guys and how he's admired Kyler Murray and all that stuff, and how Kyler Murray, they like, helped pave the way for him at OU and all that stuff, and that's great. But I was waiting for, like, a question about the pass rush the Cardinals can put out there. I was waiting for some kind of question about, hey, what do you see from this Cardinals defense? They do well, whatever. And there was nothing. And apparently, that didn't sit well with Jalen Hurts. Apparently, Jalen Hurts took that as almost as if it would be offensive to the Arizona Cardinals, that he wasn't asked a single question about their defense and what he is going up against. So, I left this, I left some fat on this cut. All right, I didn't, I didn't trim all the fat away from it because I wanted you guys to have proper context. But it's the end of the, uh, the uh, end of the press conference yesterday, and Jalen Hurts I think took exception to the fact that nobody asked him about the Cardinals' defense. Here's what uh, Jalen Hurts had to say at the end of his presser yesterday.
1: The work you put in.
0: I, so. I, 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 will,
1: I will. I will say this too. Um, I didn't get any questions about the Cardinals for real this this game, so I don't want y'all thinking this is this is a really good team we're about to play. They 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 have a really good defense, disruptive up front. Um, they have speed on on the back end. So um, let's let's not set the precedent for that. This is a good football team. That.
0: I, 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 how else do you take that other than guys, do you think we're so good? I don't care who we play. I mean, I think that's how your quarterback is taking that looking around. No further question. Uh, all right. Thanks guys. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. The Arizona Cardinals are a really good football team. No one's going to ask me about that. Let's not set that precedent. <laughs> I, in Jalen hurts his mind. Is he thinking that the Cardinals are going to – is J.J. Watts sitting by watching that and going, oh, my goodness, he wasn't asked about us? Are we just on the pay no mind list because we're 2-2, two and two, we've underachieved by some people's standards, and we you can't ask about us? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jalen Hurts is disrespecting us. Is that – I don't. I don't think that happens. Let me just paint that picture. Let me just get that out in the open. I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think the Cardinals defensive unit is watching Jalen Hurts press conferences. He's going, all right, what's he going to say about us? Uh, is, the, is the offensive player of the month going to acknowledge us? No. Ah, let's get him. <clears throat> I don't think that's the bulletin board material that's going on in uh, Arizona. But here's what I do like. I like that Jalen Hurts is thinking about that. I like that that's rattling around in his brain. That No one's going to ask me about how good this defense is. I was just studying film two seconds ago before I sat up here, and they're pretty damn good. And you're not going to ask me about any of these guys? No? I just love that it's a chip on his shoulder. I love the idea because here's what it does, and I like this. Some some people might think it's overthinking. From Jalen Hurts' perspective, some people might think he's overthinking. I don't think he's overthinking. I think he's trying to cover every single base that's out there. Because I don't think... And this goes back to what Jason Kelsey had to say before the the start of the year. Like, they're 4-0. And listening to them at press conferences, And and who cares about what they say? I'll tell you why I care. It's a window into their mindset. It's a window into how they think. It's a mindset into their approach, a, a, a view, a window into how they approach these games. And everything I've heard so far this year leads me to believe that this team isn't taking anything lightly. This season could not have gone any better to this point. You got defensive players of the week every week. You got the, as I mentioned with Jalen Hurts, you got the offensive player of the, the month. Like, this could, if 4-0, oh, this could not have gone any better. And yet, I'm listening to these guys talk, and you would never know it. Because they are analyzing everything that they're doing throughout this season as if they are 0-4, and, and they have a lot improving, they have a lot of improving to do. As the season goes on. The 4-0. You never know it by listening to them. So I thought it was interesting that when you talk about a, a defense like that of the uh Arizona Car- Arizona Cardinals, for instance, uh Jalen Hurts went out of his way to be like, Hey guys, this is a good defense that we're facing. So maybe not disrespect them by not asking me a question. Instead of it being all about me and all about us, how about them? and you guys can ask me about it maybe next week. By the way, for those curious, uh, they're a middle-of-the-road defense. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. Uh, they're allowing 340, uh, 342 yards per game on average. Uh, and uh, point-wise, the Arizona Cardinals, who I mentioned, by the way, just overall, uh, the Cardinals are 2-2 uh, two and two on the season. And as a defense, they allow um, the fifth-most points in the NFL. So, Jalen Hurts, let's, uh, let's get there going. Let's go, uh, light it up. Light it up, please and thank you. Uh, speaking of Jason Kelsey, I've referenced him uh, enough. Uh, he was talking about his podcast with his brother yesterday. I just thought it was interesting that he talked about. He said that the media, I think it was Les Bowen that teed him off on it or teed him up on it and said, uh, you know, what do you like about doing the podcast? He was like, I'm just going to say, what you guys do is hard, speaking to the media. He's like trying to interview people. That can be tough. And apparently they're having Paul Rudd on the show. I got to, I got to watch that now. I got to listen to that. Paul Rudd and the Kelsey brothers. Oh, that's going to be a fine podcast. I'm in. Uh, But this, this leads into the idea of how good this team could be. Now this is about a 90 second answer that I cut down to about 50 seconds, just because I I can set it up for you faster. Uh, Jason Kelsey was asked about, uh, or asked by Ruben Frank about how, talented this team is offensively in their skilled positions and how they've had some pretty talented teams and Jason Kelsey for being here, as long as he's been here, he's been part of some pretty talented teams. I mean, Jason Kelsey was here when he had uh, uh, the McCoy and Deshaun Jackson, and then later Jeremy Macklin going off in uh, Chip Kelly's offense when, when they were all together before it was broken up. Right. Uh, so when you think about that, and you think about how good this team has been since Jason Kelsey has been here and some of the skilled position players that they've had since Jason Kelsey has been here, uh, Jason doesn't want to just jump out and say, oh, this is the best. Because that's what he was asked about. How good this team, not compares, specifically said by Ruben, not compares to those teams, but can this team be as good as any other team you've ever played on? And this is how Jason Kelsey chose to address that. Well, kind of couching it uh, with not with absolutely not wanting to say, oh yeah, we have the best team ever. Ever since I've been here, we have the most skilled position with best players ever. He got away from that and he set it up by simply saying, yes, all those guys were really good, but here's what our potential can be. Take a listen to this.
1: I think uh, skill position wise. Yeah. I don't know that I've been a part of a receiving core as dynamic as this. I mean, between uh, all three receivers, you can add in Zach Paschal with that too. You get you add in Dallas Goddard, the running backs that we have. I mean, there's there's quite a few playmakers on this offense, and then the quarterback in his abilities, both in the pass and in the run game. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do, and it's um, I would imagine that's hard for defenses to stop. So yeah, I think if um, you know we stay healthy and we stay working hard. Um, I think that, yeah, we can be, we can be just as good, if not better than those years.
0: That is uh, Jason Kelsey yesterday. That's the exact mindset you want. I feel like as he is talking and answering that question, he's going over a, a, a minefield because one wrong word leads to a bad quote. Oh, I feel like this is the best team we've ever had. Did you want a Super Bowl? Something like that? No. Jace Kelsey's not dumb enough to say that. Um, the best team you've been a part of. Hey, I think we got the potential if we work hard and we keep at it, and everybody stays focused. That's how we couch it. It goes back to the hard work, attention to detail, and striving for excellence. That's what it goes down. That's what it comes down to for this team reaching their full potential, which is a Super Bowl championship. That's the full potential. That's how good this team is. Full potential. I have no doubt. With the way the defense is playing, with the way this offense is clicking, no doubt in my mind that that is their full potential. But Jason Kelsey's not going to come out there and put that target on their back. That's why he's going across that that minefield. What am I going to do? Say that we're awesome? And then, oh, Jason Kelsey says the Eagles are awesome. Oh my goodness. Oh, now now they're going to be terrible. Now they're going to lose their next 10 games, whatever it might be. Like That's nuts! But as he's answering those questions he's like i'm not gonna say that we're great i'm not gonna say that we're the best ever but i'm gonna say if we do this that and the other and stay healthy while we do it yeah then we're gonna be then we have the potential to be the best i love the way he handled that and it's not so much what he said it's what he avoided saying that i think was important about his answer to that uh finally last thing from jason kelsey uh, one of the things that I've been looking for for Jalen Hurts, and I've mentioned this a couple of different times throughout the four games of the season, is that I haven't seen the opportunity too many times for Jalen Hurts to drop back, survey the field, go through progressions, and then fire. Now, that's not to say that he hasn't done it. He has done it this year. I just want to see the opportunity to present itself more. But if he's getting the one read and he has the guy open, he yeah, to make the play. That's the most important thing. And when you're playing at an MVP level, which is, is what he's playing at right now, I'm not going to nitpick over it. If there's one thing I want to see more of, it's that. It's not that he hasn't been doing it. It's not that he's been terrible at doing it. It's just, let me see a little more of it. But some people are reading that, uh, into that, and saying that he can't read the defense anymore. When they see him drop back, and they don't see him survey the field, or they see him stare down a receiver, they'll use that as a knock against Jalen Hurts. And although, yes, that can be a negative, not surveying the field, locking in on one guy, telegraphing a pass, yes, that's not a good thing. But it doesn't mean that he can't read a defense. People need to understand, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, but this is for a a loud minority, I believe. Reading the defense doesn't just have to do with when you drop back. Reading the defense has to do when you approach the line of scrimmage and you look out there and you see what's going on, you see what they're doing, and you check to something else. That's a smart play. That's reading the defense. You either check to a run, you check to a pass, maybe you change the play at the line of scrimmage, whatever it might be. And this is one of the interesting things. I don't think this gets talked about enough because for the people that are still very much, and I am, I'm one of these people to a certain extent, anytime you go into a playoff game and you hear the defensive coordinator go, this guy can't read a defense, well, that's a bad look. And that's what happened last year against Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, uh, a defensive assistant on that team was Mike Caldwell, who just happened to be your defensive coordinator last week with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jalen Hurts in this offense did a pretty good job in a rain-soaked game of being able to uh, get over a guy that was supposed to know Jalen Hurts better than almost anybody in the NFL. For a guy that couldn't read a defense, Jalen Hurts did a fine job. 200 yards and that kind of day is is a nice little uh, feather in your cap. But Jason Kelsey was asked about the football IQ of Jalen Hurts and how that has matured this season. And Jason Kelsey was talking about how when he's in the film room with uh, Jalen Hurts, his IQ is pretty low, but talked about where – not Jalen Hurts' IQ, but Jason Kelsey in that film room, his IQ is low. But Jalen Hurts, that's where you see – his handle on this offense, his handle on the passing schemes of this offense and his handle overall on running the offense. This is Jason Kelsey when he was asked about uh, Jalen hurts and his football IQ maturing.
1: I don't know uh, much about like the passing concepts and things like that. Like my football IQ in that realm was pretty low. Uh, But in terms of, the run game adjustments, the kills, uh, getting to different plays at the line of scrimmage based on what the defense is in. Uh, you've seen him mature and get better and better at that. You've seen him be more confident in making those adjustments when he does see him. Um, you know, I think that obviously, as he's had more experience and more, um, uh, more, just film study throughout the course of the last two and a half years, uh, you're seeing a guy that really. Um, is confident to make those changes and get us into plays that are conducive.
0: That right there to me is bigger than anything than when he drops back. It's what it's the pre-snap read. That's reading a defense. That to me is a bigger deal than anything else. And the fact that Jason Kelsey is talking about that in such high regard, it's, it's comforting at least. I mean, the play is what matters most and seeing the proof in the pudding obviously is what matters most but just hearing jason kelsey talk about the way that uh jalen hurts will command the huddle step up to the line of scrimmage, break down what's in front of him and then make the play make the check whatever it might be uh make the audible that's even a better sign for me as far as i'm concerned because that was a big issue last year and this year he seems to be handling that rather well so it was good to hear that little behind the scenes uh tidbit from jason kelsey about what uh What he does. Uh, One last thing, I was going to play for you. I'll just summarize it for you. Uh, Nick Sirianni, when addressed the media, is basically just asked about what needs to improve, and he talked a lot about how they got to improve on their core values and make sure they have a a level of detail to their work that never gets lazy. And that's what you want to hear from your head coach every single time, four and zero or not. That's what you want to hear. So that was the Eagles yesterday. Little uh, locker room report uh, going on uh yesterday's practice and some people made a big deal of this yesterday's practice wasn't really a practice it was a walkthrough so when I look at the injury report I don't really take a lot out of it and when the injury report came out they literally had the note up there saying this was a walkthrough so they didn't really practice but here it is uh yesterday and I know a lot of people consider about that they are Cameron Dicker is the kicker they signed if Jake Elliott can't go Nick Sirianni did start his press conference by saying he's still hopeful that everybody can go, but we'll see if that's going to be the case. It's never a good thing when it's only a walkthrough and you only see, uh, or you see on the did not participate, Avante Maddox, Jordan Mailata, uh Jake Elliott, obviously. It's never good when those guys can't even do a walkthrough, so that's not a good thing. Limited, though, Boston Scott could walk. Isaac Sayamalo could walk. And how about this of that report that Jeff uh, McLean put together? I didn't think Isaac Sayamalu, based on how that uh, injury looked, he was going to be even there was even going to be a chance to play. Here he is walking around, limited in the walkthrough. Uh, and Jeff McLean said that he's probably the closest to playing, so we'll see. And then Darius Slay, forearm injury, full participant in walking around. So let's hope that uh, he at least gets Slay back, ready to go. Let's hope that that's the case. All right. I'm not going to get crazy about the 76ers and their preseason schedule. I'm not going to go nuts. I'm not going to do what a lot of people think I might do and just flip out, man. But holy pots and pans, Tyrese Maxey looks amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I, I made this point the other day to Derek Gunn on the Jacob Media pregame show. So we went through the whole thing with uh, Ben Simmons. I didn't say Ben Simmons' his name on the on a football show, but we went through this whole thing with Ben Simmons. Off-season workout, is he going to come back better? No. Off-season workout, is he going to come back shooting? No. Off-season workout, is he going to come back shooting three-pointer? No. Going into those off-seasons, man, he needs approval on shooting. He needs to have shooting. He needs to, how about one three? How about, the two, how about two threes a week? Is that too much to ask? And he came back and he was never better at those things. What he did was he got a little better at things. He was already, already pretty great at facilitating defense. Whatever, it was great. Uh, foul shots. No. So what, 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 what would give. It's nice to see a guy like Jalen hurts come back and be better at the things that he wasn't necessarily great at in his first year as a starting quarterback in the NFL and watching Tyrese Maxey be better as a three point shooter in the first two games of the preseason really does show you how much he has worked on his game the confidence i think has grown with him attacking the basket and being aggressive and going after the rim that's been that's been growing hey i can get comfortable here in the nba level because i belong and everybody everybody has to go through a little bit of that in their career especially if they're a later first round pick and not a top 5 pick tyrese maxey that has just grown and grown and grown his confidence his i belong here mindset has done nothing but grow. And now I am watching the first two games of a preseason where Tyrese Maxey has been the best player on the floor for two consecutive games. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm not going to freak out over it. But Tyrese Maxey looks incredible. <laughs> and in my weird, warped, crazy brain, it's like, that'd be Tyrese Maxey's not going to win an MVP before Joel Embiid, right? Like, that'd be crazy. <laughs> like, Joel Embiid's not going to get snubbed by Tyrese Maxey, right? He's still going to go to Joel Embiid. And then I was thinking, who cares? I don't care about the MVP trophy. I want a parade. We don't have parades for MVP trophies. We have parades for championships. And I was like, okay, well, all right, all right, all right, so here we go. Maybe not as much of a hot take. <laughs> These are just thoughts. These are just thoughts. These are no way well-formed opinions that I'm saying about Tyrese Maxey for the MVP over Joel Embiid or anything crazy like that. These are just in my wild imagination that was running as I'm watching Tyrese Maxey cut the lane, get a pass on the you know the, the foul line extended, knock down a three, go three for three from beyond the arc last night. I'm watching it all unfold. I'm just like, this is incredible. Best case scenario, what happens? And I'm like, wow. Definitely not MVP. Let's not get crazy. But what if he was the scoring leader all of a sudden on the Sixers team? Like, that's obviously, that's a little bit more plausible than MVP. But what if you had a guy, Joella B, that dropped over 30 points per game last year, was the leading scorer in the NBA, scoring title winner, right? What if he all of a sudden was number two on the team? Not even number one in the NBA, not even number one on his team anymore, but number two. To Tyrese Maxey. Can Joel Embiid handle that? <laughs> These are the places I go when I watch things that I really like. I'm like, this is really great. How can I ruin it? <laughs> like, that's kind of where I go with the dark recesses of my brain. It's like, okay, well, Tyrese Maxey, then what if he's really great? And then Joel Embiid doesn't like that. He's the, the great one. And then Joel Embiid has to take a backseat to Tyrese Maxey in this offense. What? It's game two of the preseason, and this is where my warped mind goes. But I know I'm not alone. you're asking me to bet money on Tyrese Maxey winning the MVP or the scoring title over Joel Embiid, I'm not betting a dime on it. This is just where my mind drifted off while I was watching last night. And it's all because Tyrese Maxey looks so damn good. And I'm reading Twitter, and I'm not the only one that's just uh, incredibly impressed with Tyrese Maxey. He walked off the court last year as a pretty damn good basketball player, he has walked back on this court. Now he's just a pretty good player, but a guy that's looking like he wants to lead. Whether that be in the locker room or that be in scoring on the floor, Tyrese Maxey in the early goings of preseason, so take it for what it's worth, Tyrese Maxey looks like a guy who walked off the court last year as a key piece to winning a championship. Now he looks like a guy that's ready to be a leader. He looks like a guy that if the if the opportunity presents himself to be the leading scorer on this basketball team, he's going to take that opportunity. If the opportunity presents itself to be a leader on a team with a guy like James Harden and Joel Embiid and another guy like P.J. Tucker who's got a championship in his back pocket already, that's a huge step forward because that amount of confidence of, oh, I'm not just at the kids' table anymore. Now I'm at the adults' table. That's a big deal. And although, I, I mean, talent level-wise, last year, I certainly don't think that he was a, a kid's table guy. He wasn't on the little Fisher-Price table off to the side where everyone else is having the, the turkey and mashed potatoes over there, right? And he's having his mac and cheese over here. No. Talent-wise, he belonged at the adults' table the whole time. And it's just a matter of believing that he belonged there. And after off-season workouts with Sam Cassell and James Harden, and after already being comfortable and establishing himself alongside Joel Embiid last year, I can't wait to see what Tyrese Maxey has. I'm expecting from Tyrese Maxey this year to have a Jalen Hurts type of jump forward in his career. Jalen Hurts from last year to this year, I think, has shown just such vast improvement. Tyrese Maxey, I think we could see a lot of the same thing. And that was a question for me at the end of last year. Because going from year one to year two, you you had a lot of improving to do. And whether it was improving or just showing that you could do it. Because with Ben Simmons being here and being the point guard, Tyrese Maxson did did not get max opportunity to show how good he was. Last year, he got max opportunity to show how good he was. How much more Max is left in there? How much more can we keep moving that bar? How much more can we keep raising that bar, raising our expectations for a guy like Tyrese Maxson? I didn't think that was fair to him at the end of last year. Watching him with the control he has. Watching him knock down threes on a consistent basis to two, two, two games watching him drop 20 plus points in each game that that's giving me some hope that maybe he can take another big step forward i didn't think there'd be enough room for another big step forward maybe there will be and maybe a lot of it will come down to james harden doing what i think he's going to do which is become more of that facilitator less of the score first guy more of the setup my teammate guy be a guy that has 15 assists. With Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey on your team, oh, and Tobias Harris, by the way, catching and releasing shots, uh, maybe that's a possible, maybe that's a possibility. 15 assists a game. I don't think that's outlandish. I think that's a distinct possibility. When you have two scorers like Maxey and Embiid, I think it's a distinct possibility. So if James Harden is going to have that type of approach, I think you're looking at maybe another 30 points per game from Joel Embiid, maybe now 25 points per game from Tyrese Maxey. Maybe you have a 18-15 and 15 guy in James Harden. It's going to be a wild season to watch. But just so far, after going through what we went through as a fan base with our off-season teases from Ben Simmons about things he's going to improve upon in his game, it's great to see two athletes at the same time in this city, like Jalen Hurts, for instance, improve from one off-season through, through one off-season into a new season like this one, and then watch Tyrese Maxey. Improve upon the things that we wanted to see him improve upon. For instance, the number one thing that I've, I've seen is just a three-point shot. That's the thing that sticks out to me the most. He can always slash. He can always cut to the basket. Uh, having confidence to do it more, definitely a good thing, a great thing. And then knocking down that consistent outside shot, ooh, that's going to be dangerous. That's going to be dangerous as the season goes on. Oh, I'm sorry, as when the season starts. <laughs> because, again, it's only the preseason. Let me tell you about my man, Stephen Singer of Stephen Singer. Oh, no, hold on. Wait, one more thing on basketball. I wanted to get this in. My man uh Keith Pompeii, Inquire.com, put this story together. Uh the NBA GM speaking of the MVP award. NBA GMs uh put out a survey uh with 50 questions uh on the survey. Of course, one of them was Joel Embiid or should be the MVP award. 48% this is Keith Pompeii, Inquire.com. of the league's general managers picked, guess who, to be the MVP. 48% of the league's general managers picked Dallas point guard Luka Doncic to win the MVP award. Milwaukee forward Giannis Antetokounmpo was second with 34%. So you have 48%, 34%. And then coming in third with only 14%, Joel Hans Embiid. Steph Curry was fourth at 3%. One? What the hell, man? Where the hell's Luka Doncic come in to any of this? Where the hell has he entered the chat? He's great. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But how is Joel Embiid third when two years in a row? He's been second. How do you demote him? There's no question that's a snub. That is a huge, big, fat snub. You're a runner-up two years in a row, and you've dropped a third? Now, what another snub is that, uh, I mean... After two preseason games, I mean, I think Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts. After two preseason games, I absolutely think that uh, the 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 fellow that I was just talking about, uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, I think he's already taken, overtaken Steph Curry. So after two preseason games, I think it's fair to say that, without being a hot take, I think it's fair to say that. Anyway, so just want to make sure I got that into you guys. Now let me tell you about my man Stephen Singer, Steven Singer Jewelers, the corner of Nathan Walnut, right, in Philadelphia. For over forty years, Stephen's been in the love business in Philadelphia, taking care of Philly and helping people get engaged and fall in love. So when it comes time to pop the question, or maybe that special someone's birthday is right around the corner, maybe it's time for a push present. Oh, first off, congratulations. Second, yeah, push presents are very much a thing, and you should go to Steven Singer for them. Here's what Steven guarantees each and every customer. Not only will you get treated like family, but you will also get the perfect price. While other jewelers are marking things way up just to mark it down, a couple of bucks in front of you, make it feel like you won something, Steven's giving you the perfect price for the minute you walk in the door. Stephen Singer jewelers, one place, one price, the perfect price. Online at IHET Stevensinger.com. Always fast and free shipping at IHESTENSIGRE.CHOM. Now, what's the perfect price? While other jewelers are market things way up. Steven gives you the perfect price every single time. So there's no negotiating, no haggling, nothing like that. Nothing where you gotta feel like uncomfortable. Is that person getting less paying less than me? Because they're a good haggler. No, not a Stephen Singer jewelers. One place, one price, the perfect price each and every day. All at isteven How about Manscaped? Manscaped Manscaped.com. Manscaped. Get 20% off at Manscaped.com when you use promo code FARZI. 20% off and free shipping when you use promo code FARZI. Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, you want to look good everywhere, right? That's where Manscaped enters the conversation, especially with their platinum package 4.0. It includes the lawnmower, ear, and nose hair trimmer. The lawnmower 4.0, and it all comes with skin-safe technology that helps reduce the risk of nicks so you can manscape with confidence and comfort. Manscaped is a leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now you can trust them with the whole shebang. Join over 4 million men worldwide who use Manscaped and trust Manscaped and their skin-safe technology. Let's not forget about all the things that comes in that amazing Platinum Package 4.0, like the lawnmower 4.0. I mentioned the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. How about the Ultra Premium Body Wash 2-in-1 Shampoo Conditioner Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner. Yeah, you're welcome. Anti-Chafing Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that you'll be using to hold the goods. That will take care of your goods from Manscaped. Manscaped.com, 20% off, promo code Farzy and free shipping. Freestone Farm CBD, freestonefarmcbd.com. Oh, I got the microphone back, so we can we can do what we do, baby. Freestone Farm CBD, use promo code Farzy for 20% off. They're, oh, my, man, oh, man, their menu is incredible. You'll have to try their amazing Bayox, their tropical-tasting Bayox that clocks in at a chart-topping 24.1%. Call that maximum strength. And also, there's Super CBD, which is half Hindu, Kush, and 21%. Genetically, these guys are off the charts. All the premium hemp flower in the Garden State. Oh, it's amazing. I, that's That's the first. Uh, that's, that's some real stuff right there. I am going today, by the way. Hold for applause. I'm going today uh, to the allergists. Allergist, allergist, allergist. Um, I've never been to one in my life. Um, and my wife is like, "You're going," and I'm like, "All right." Love to know what the hell's wrong with me, um, but uh, that's happening today. So it's just, I, I think I don't think I could take uh, my 24-hour allergy pill because I think I need to give everything on full display. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's what I got going on today. So it's only appropriate that I just sneezed. You're welcome. And to the people in the car that say, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, Freestone farm CBD is where it's at. Let me tell you about Mojo. If You guys heard me talking about Mojo. It's incredible. It's so much fun, uh, especially for the people in New Jersey. The app offers the NFL with over 300 skilled players across quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. It's, it's like fantasy on steroids. It's absolutely insane. Uh, each athlete stock on Mojo has a share price that rises and falls in real time based on on-field performance, news, and anything else that might ex- uh, affect expectations. Prices move all year long, so there's no off-season. Mojo is uh, a pu- it published guaranteed payoff formula. based on objective stats, so you always know exactly what the stock is worth think uh uh, maybe a rookie out there is is a little undervalued buy low right now and sell high with the great people of mojo Mojo mojo.com must be 21 or older located in new jersey to trade on mojo have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER uh before we get into the chat check you know let's just take a look at that uh that that injury report one more time and see what's going on there oh look at that look at all that look at them injuries those injuries are crazy isn't that nuts? Injuries are just bonkers. For the people on the podcast, I just put up a graphic um, so I could handle my allergy situation. (laughs) It's a veteran move, kids. It's a veteran move. Let's get to the chat, check, see how you guys are doing. Paul Keen. I'm only going to do this one time. I'm just going to do it one time, Paul. I'm going to do it one time. I'll top it the morning to you. All right, that's it. That's it. I'll never do it again. All right. Paul, nice to see you. Mally, what's going on? Uh, bup, bup, boop, Mihai, good morning to you as well. Mihai Sanchez. Oh, wow. Philadelphia versus the Cardinals all over the scene this weekend. The Phillies game tomorrow will dictate the color of the button-up shirt Mark is wearing. Uh, maybe Monday. Maybe Monday. But, Mally, I, I, I like where your head's at. Uh, Phillies game tomorrow. Uh, baseball and football, something is up, especially since October 7th, both this year and back in 2011, game five, NLDS Friday. Sometimes the Arizona Cardinals are a thorn in the Eagle side. Feels scripted. I can think of a lot of other things, Mihai, that, um, some people might look at and go, maybe we can strip this out a little bit better. <laughs> um But yeah, Mally, I'll agree. Mark, uh, Mark, I agree with you. I believe the Phillies can beat the Cardinals two of the three games. You got Zach Wheeler. You got Aaron Nola. Anything's possible. I am really curious. Like, sometimes people will go into the postseason and they'll look at it as a brand new season, a fresh start. Uh, You've seen it in other sports. Hockey's one of them. Danny Briere. he would have a, if he struggled in the regular season, all of a sudden he becomes some kind of god in the postseason. Some, sometimes guys just hit that stride in the postseason. They look at it like a fresh start. I'm really hoping that happens uh, for uh, a guy we've been hoping the whole season would turn around, Nick Castellanos. Uh, and I'm hoping that actually happens right now, like right now, like starts 207. I'll say that 207 tomorrow. That's what we'll say. Hopefully that kicks into high gear, and I'll cross my fingers that it actually happens. But I feel like every single time something good happens Nick Cassiombs, we're like, maybe this is the time, but it just doesn't matter. Uh, But overall, over everything else, regardless of what happens in this series, win or lose, I'm just excited to watch playoff baseball, as I've told you, and even more excited for the idea that some of the younger guys like Boehm and Stott are going to get this experience right now. So, yeah, Bryson Stott, first year he's getting the experience of playoff baseball already. Absolutely love to, to see that. Uh, so let's hope that it actually happens. Uh, but boop, Paul Keith, Yes, I'm very much aware. There is one account, Paul. Now, Paul's in Ireland, for those that don't know. Uh, there's one account on social media. I, forget, I think it's Instagram of a girl that is with an Irish guy like from Ireland. Um, and she's always making fun of Irish Americans that are like, oh yeah, my great 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 grandfather was half Irish, so I'm Irish, like stuff like that. And uh, I guess because I watch that, it then makes me watch uh, like in the algorithm. It's like, oh, he finds the ethnic humor hilarious, whatever. Um, so I've noticed a lot of people go with the hyphen American hyphen thing, like Italian American, for instance, or Polish American, for instance. And I'm always like, yeah, you got to play the game, man. When you go overseas, and I've I've talked about this before, when you go overseas to your family's motherland, and it does depend on your family's motherland. Like, for instance, I have plenty of Irish friends, Irish-American friends that go over there and they're like, I'm Irish. And they're like, no, you're not. You can stop that. Um, But I can only speak from my own experience which is if you go to italy and you're italian american you can't play that card there is no faster way for them to not give a damn about you than to roll with the i'm italian thing because you're not you're american i'm american now you can celebrate a culture in your household which is beautiful and you should uh i celebrated uh, mostly polish and italian but in italy there's a game you gotta play i can't speak to ireland i i've never heard a story similar to this in Ireland, but. In Italy, if you're Italian-American, you can never say that you're Italian. I shouldn't say never. You can only say you're Italian if they look at you and they lead the conversation. And they'll usually start it off with something like Italiano, no? Like you're Italian? And you have to say, oh, it's, you know, I'm Amer- American, whatever. And they go, ah, where's your family from? <laughs> and then then, then you're in. They're, oh, Brutus, Calabres, whatever, double Then, oh, then you're in. Then you're in like Flint. I told you, I went to that bar, Philadelphia bar in Siena, Italy, for those that don't know. And the bartender, Giovanna, love you, she did not charge me and, like, five other people. It was it had to be, like, a 500 euro tab. Didn't charge us because my grandparents were from the same region, not even the same town, the same region of Italy as she was. If I would have walked in with, well, I'm Italian, oh, no, forget that. Not, not get a free bar tab, tell you that much. Uh, but it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Uh Tyvee, there's a difference between nationality and ethnicity, and American is a nationality. Very true. That's an excellent excellent point. Uh I like that. Thanks, to everybody in the chat. You guys were fantastic as per usual. Let's get into our morning rush. Brought by Sky Motor Car. Oh, you know what? I didn't hit uh, PHL Sports Nation. Philadelphia Sports Nation, enhancing your Philadelphia Sports fan experience across all social media and blogs. Uh, that's PHL It's a waiting game right now, folks. It's a waiting game. 207 tomorrow. Playoff baseball officially returns. Phillies are going to be out there in St. Louis. As I mentioned earlier, they're four and three against the Cardinals in their seven-game season series. Zach Wheeler will be on the bump for game one. And there is going to be an electricity back. There is... Going to be that feeling once again. Now, today's actually in Philadelphia. It's supposed to be like a nice day. It's gonna be like 70, right? Tomorrow, I think it's supposed to be this around the same thing. We're, so we're not gonna have that crispness in the air that you usually have in October baseball. But oh, ain't, ain't it gonna be 90 and sunny? Tell you that much. Um, but we're gonna be out. I'm gonna be out at a bar. There's gonna be, I'm sure, a sea of red with people blowing off work early on a Friday afternoon to go watch the Phillies. Uh I wanted to say in our uh, final segment today, which is always our uh, uh, our Morning Rush uh, segment brought to you by Sky Motor Cars. I wanted to say, they, look, they haven't won again. They haven't won since 08. They haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years. But over the 11-year period, there was a major change with the Phillies. Uh And it really came down to ownership. And a lot has changed uh, with the Phillies. Uh David Montgomery, uh the late David Montgomery, uh, uh, before his passing, conceded a lot of power to John Middleton and the Buck Cousins. And the Buck Cousins handled their business, and John Middleton handled their business. And John Middleton put his money where his mouth is. And they went over the luxury tax. And they've never done that before. And John Middleton has made a commitment to winning with this organization. And has it always worked out? No. Did Joe Girardi work out? Obviously not. Did Gabe Kaplan work out here in Philadelphia? Obviously not. But he has invested in this club, whether that be Bryce Harper coming here, whether that's signing Kyle Schwarber, whether that be signing uh, Nick Castellanos. These guys are guys that they thought could come in and help this ball club win now. And they have won. And they have made the postseason. Regardless of a playoff expansion, the bottom line is they put themselves in the best possible position financially to try to make the postseason. They have made the postseason. Sometimes owners just come in. They're not exactly true to their word. John Middleton and the Buck Cousins have stayed true to their word. They've spent the money for this team to at least get to the competitive spot again. And now, hopefully, they exceed a lot of expectations as a third wild card team. And they end up having a nice little run to give us here of postseason baseball. So, to the Buck Cousins, to John Middleton, thank you for spending that money, making that luxury tax go over the luxury tax, uh, and giving us a play of baseball again. So, Just wanted to acknowledge that I feel like in talking a lot about Rob Thompson and talking about just Bryce Harper, we haven't in shooting down anything with Joe Girardi. I feel like we haven't talked enough about the investment that they have made financially. And uh, obviously, that can't be easy. (laughs) Anytime you're spending $330 million, I don't care how much money you got in your back pocket. That's a lot of money. Uh, they've invested in this team, and that's something that I never thought I'd see. First of all, I never thought that we'd see like a full-on face of ownership in the way that we have seen it with John Middleton being out there, being at the big signings, uh, answering questions to me, doing interviews, being accessible. And here we have seen that certainly with this team. So, uh, oh, and uh, let's see, let's see, since they won, Gillick, uh Amaro, McPhail, Klentak. Sam Flood, obviously now technically the GM of the team, and Dave Dombrowski. That's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of change. They've tried different things when they felt things weren't working out. And here we are getting to watch playoff baseball tomorrow. Uh, look forward to hopefully seeing some more information about injuries with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and hopefully we get that information by this afternoon as to uh, who's going to be partici- participating in practice. Tomorrow, uh, a little bit more of a Phillies preview as well as an Eagles and Cardinals preview as well all cardinals all the time mihai like you said thanks for watching thanks for listening my name is mark Farzetta. this is the farzy show presented by steven singer jim Hyde produced the program did a wonderful job as per usual this is a buzz sports entertainment production wish me luck with my allergies 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 sites today have a great day everybody see you tomorrow